But you have great opportunity every single day to step out. You know what? We're going to do that right now. Are there any, I've been asking week after week, is there any that have experienced some sweet Jesus stuff this week? Anything that's gone on? Anything? Casey, come up here. Come up here and share. Come on, just quick, 30 seconds. Come on. Come on, Casey. I want the family testifying to the family. Come on. It's actually pretty weird. Um, my mom, she was praying, and uh, it was actually a prize that she won. And she was just messing around. She was like, Lord, I pray that, you know, if I win this camera, then, you know, so be it. But if I don't, then whatever. And then she was like, I still love you. But, you know, she turned around, and she said right before she even got to the office, she won the prize, and she won a 7.0 megapixel camera. So. You know, the Lord came through with that. Praise God, man. Praise the Lord. Snap. I mean, you know what? Maybe say, Josh, I mean, that's cool, but no, man, when you're in that situation and that happens to you, you're jumping for joy. Like, snap, Lord, you're so good. Sal, come and share. Come and share. When the Lord does things in your life personally, on individual basis, man, it blows your mind. Sal, share with us. 30 seconds, right? What's yeah. <laughs> up, guys? Um, well, actually, uh, I got a lot of things to talk about, but like, I'll just keep it real short. Um, like, today I had a chance to talk to uh, I went to a stereo shop. I had to do s- some stuff for my car, but, you know, like, you know when you go to the stereo shop, there's, like, pretty, like, thuggish-looking guys over there, and you get kind of, like, sc- you know, scared a little bit. You're not going to, you know, admit it to them, but, like, this guy was, uh, was a pretty beefy, stocky-looking Mexican guy. But, um, so I was just like, uh, yeah, so he's talking to me, and then he was all, he just posed me a question, he's like, hey man, so, uh, I don't know, he started talking about girls, and I'm like, oh man, great, so, and he's like, hey man, tell me, hey man, you got a girlfriend? And I was, uh, <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm, I'm actually, I've made a commitment to God right now, man, he's like, oh, you man, you man, you one of those church boys? And I was like, yeah, I'm some something like that, but. And then we just started, like, talking just, you know, Jesus stuff. Like, I was just, you know, sharing how, like, my whole testimony of how I used to be a Muslim and I came to, you know, Jesus. And the funny thing is, like, I found out he was actually a pretty cool guy because he was actually, he was getting really interested in what I had to say. He was like, oh, man, dude, that's, so that's crazy, man. Like, your parents are, like, they're getting that nuts on you and stuff and, and like, all this stuff. And, like, I don't know, like, I'm, you know, I'm just glad that I had a, uh, that I, you know, I got a chance to share with him, so I don't know, like, I- I'm sure a seed got planted in him, but, yeah, that was one of the things. The other thing was, um, I don't know if the other Josh is here, you know, you guys know the big Josh? Do they know him? Okay. Well, anyways, um, like, last Thursday, I had a chance to go to a Mercy Me concert. I actually, like, texted, like, 50 people, I think. I don't know, none of them really responded, but that's okay. <laughs> um that's okay but anyways uh i went there and like um josh i happened to run by him see what happened was like my cell phone got like like jacked or something at church at day seven at the skillet thing that's okay though but um what happened was like i had to go get a cell phone and i go to um sam's club and i find big josh there i'm like hey dude what are you doing right now and he's like i don't know and I was like, hey, man, want to go to Mercy Me concert with me? And he's all, yeah, sure. So we head down to the Mercy Me concert, right? And then none of the, no one else is there. I don't, like, see all the 50 people that I text there, but that's okay. 
And then I find out that um, it actually costs $22. And I was like, snap. It's like, that's way too much. I thought it was free. I mean, day seven is like, it's free. I mean, what's what's up with this? It's $22. And it was actually me, uh, Usman, uh, my younger brother, and Josh. So there was four of us. And I was like, dude, this is not going to happen. What a bummer. Man, I'm, I just hope none of the other Did anyone else come there? Did anyone go? Did you go there? Did you just leave? Did you uh, go to the Mercy Me concert in Corona Crossroads? Did you pay $22? Your mom did? Okay. You're lucky. My parents aren't even here, though. But anyways, what what happened is, uh, to make this, just to hurry up and cut it, um, like, this lady just comes out of nowhere, and she's all, she's like, she hands out these tickets. She's all, I'm all, uh, yeah, how much do you want them for? She's all, it's for you. It's free. And I'm like, no way. Why? Why would you do such a thing? She's all, it's Jesus. So I was like, all right, cool. So so she gives us the tickets, but then I realized that, like, there's only two and there's four of us. So I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to give it to my younger brother and my best friend. And I was like, I already had a chance to see him in New York. But then what happens is I was like, you know what, I just want to see what it looks like inside. So we just, me, Josh, and my brother and best friend, we go inside. See, those two, they're going to get a, any seat they want where, you know, the seat on the ticket. So we go in there, and I'm like, man, it looks so nice in here. And we just kind of stand around and like, we're just seeing, there's some performance going on already. And we're just like chilling there. And I was like, man, I don't know. I'm just going to just stand here. It's like 10 minutes. I'm still, I'm still going to stand here. It's like an hour. I'm like, we're still standing there. (laughs) And what happens is actually, I, you know, this God had his hand totally on this because we stuck through the whole thing. We just stood there and like, I got to see the whole Mercy Me concert for free. And, like, nobody said, like, get out. They're just like, hey, uh, do you want to sit at your seat? I'm like, no, I actually like standing better. <laughs> no, okay, that's cool. So we just we got to see the whole thing. And there's funny, like, other people were standing too. But it was, like, such a blessing to see Mercy Me. Like, I don't know, like, they did their whole album, I think. It's just, it was awesome. But I was praying to God, God, I just want to see this thing so bad. And he just, he just let it happen. So, yeah, the Lord is faithful. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> but um, praise God, man, you got to see that. You know, and one of the things that happened that night that I was really blessed is that uh, Sal, for some reason, prayed for uh, Josh that night that he would sell his car randomly. And guess what? The next morning, Josh gets a phone call from his parents and says, your car sold. Crazy. Who prays for somebody's car? Um, we do, man. We need to step out. And uh, want to come share? Come on. Come on, real quick. Kev, you want to come share too? Amen. All right. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi. Okay. So, ever since I was a little kid, I've been super, super, super scared of airplanes. And, like, I used to live in Georgia, so we flew out here. Like, I flew all the places for softball. I played travel ball. And I remember, it's not good, but my mom used to give me Vicodin just to get on the plane. Like, and I'd, like, knock out. And so this is how petrified I am of airplanes. And um, just recently, I was saved on um, September 9th, and right after I was saved, um, my mom's crazy again and thinks I'm crazy, so she wants to send me away and make me, like, unsaved. So she sends me away, and I'm going on this airplane, or I'm driving down to it, and I'm just freaking out, turning, like, I'm just going crazy. And I've never had a really, really, really deep prayer sesh with my Lord yet, you know? So I'm going down, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. Like, I'm like shaky in my prayer and I'm like all right JC so um, I'm about to go on this airplane and I'm freaking out right now I'm sweating and I'm just really a hot mess and we get to I get down and I'm in the airport all by myself and I get to that little area where you wait for your plane 
and I'm reading a book that actually Tree gave me, and it's called A Woman After God's Own Heart. And I'm reading it, and I drop it, and some man comes by and picks it up, and he hands it to me. And he's like, oh, you know, this is a wonderful book. You know, I've heard she's done a lot of great things for women. It was Elizabeth George, who's a really good woman. And I'm like, oh, thank you very much, you know, and he walks away. And I just sit here, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like every nerve in my body was gone. And I go look to the guy, and he's gone. I have no clue where he is, and it's just gone. Everything was gone. I go inside the airplane, and I sit next to the window. I'm taking pictures out of the window. I had two flights there and two flights back. I was perfectly fine for every single flight. And I was like, thanks. Thank you, Lord. Like, that was mine. That was my sesh, like, just for me, you know? It was cool. <laughs> I'm telling you, family, it's the small things, man. When you pray to God and ask him and he comes through, it's crazy, you know? Blows your mind and your mind alone, but it, it is sweet stuff. It's like I was surfing uh, Sunday. I was out there on the water, and I'm sitting there by myself, and I just look, and I just kind of just talk with the Lord, and I look back, and I went to church, if you're thinking I didn't go to church. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was there Sunday morning and Sunday, sorry. Anyways, um, so I'm sitting there, and I turn around, and all of a sudden, this pelican like flies like right out, and it's like almost like one of the slow motion, like, you know, it's just like perfect, and I'm looking at it like, Lord, why did you do that? You know, it just came right towards me, nobody else. It was the most beautiful thing. Just like this bird, just kicking it, man. Just flying at me in slow motion. It came close. It came real close. But it was just one of those moments where I was like, man, you're awesome. You know, your glory is so... Thank you for showing it to me. I just enjoyed it. And it was one of those special moments for me and me alone. And you know what I'm talking about. You've had those times. It's like, anybody else see that? No, nobody else saw that. It was just for you. It was for no one else. And those are the sweetest times when we cry out to God and he hears us. Kevin, why don't you come share? Hey. Um, well, Josh, uh, he was talking about this a lot, just uh, spending time with the Lord and just, like, listening to his voice. And um, this happened just um, this last Sunday. I almost got mugged. And um, I was in Temecula. Go figure. <laughs> and um, so... I was just talking to a friend, and, and she was, it was really crazy because she was actually, like, suicidal. Um, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, she called me back. So I just, like, went on a walk, and I walked pretty far, like, to where there's, like, no one. And then um, I'm just coming back, just, like, listening to her and um, just, like, you know, praying in my head, just, like, like Lord, what do you want me to say to her? I, I have no clue. And then um, as I'm walking back to the house, I'm like, okay, this is far enough. Um, the Lord put in my heart he's just like turn around and I was just like what I was like you don't know if that's your heart or not so I just kept walking and he said turn around and I was just like that's weird and then I'm like oh this um this black SUV next to me would think that's weird if some guy just like turned around like mid-stop and so the Lord like I kept walking still and the Lord's like turn around like really hard and um and so I'm like fine I'll just turn around so I did and I just went up this road the Lord told me to go and then that same SUV was like two yards behind me I didn't even hear them and this this guy jumped out and he was like charging right towards me and the Lord's just like you know turn around look at him and just run so I just like ran from him and he like he jumped back in his SUV and like they peeled out and stuff and it's kind of like an adrenaline rush but but yeah just like it's so important just to like you know incline our ear to the Lord like there's the written word like the the Bible that's good but there's this spoken word, you know, like he'll speak right to your heart, like, hey, go talk to that person or or run, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, just it's good to listen to him. Okay, that's it.
One more, Aiden. Come on, come on. Aiden, my man. How's it going, everybody? Uh, not used to this, but uh, this last weekend uh, I went to Glamis, which is past India in the far desert, and uh, I chose to go with a few old friends, which was a bad idea. Anyhow, it was just a really bad environment and uh, just really bad company, but something neat, a couple of things neat happened. Um, one, both of the people that I really went with need to know God, like, really bad. And uh, I got a chance to minister to one of them, the one that I actually had met. And it's crazy because I was so scared to talk to him, but God put it, put it on my heart to talk to him. And he actually came out with me on day seven, two days ago. So I just pray that God really put it on his heart and that he would just come to know him. In fact, let's lift him up right now. And Father, I lift up Ryan right now, God. And Lord, I just thank you for putting him in my path, Father. God, I just pray that he would just come to know you as our God, Lord. And that, God, you would use him, Lord. And that you would just change him, Lord. And Father, you would just bring his family back together. To, and that they would just seek your face, Father God. Lord, you're just such an amazing God, and I love you. In your name we pray, amen. But, uh, yeah, I just hope he comes through again and that he'll just be blessed. The other thing that happened there was um, when I had my bike all loaded up and I was going home Sunday morning, woke up uh, really early because the time change on Saturday. It's about like 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just leaving. Keep in mind, this is three and a half hours away. So I'm leaving, and I see this little Glamis' sand dunes, in case you don't know. It's like where you ride. I'm sure all you guys know. Well, it's not like a sandbox. I mean, this is like huge dunes, and this little kid is stuck, like about to flip over on his quad. So I jump out of my truck and just leave it there running, and I go help him out. I guess my phone fell out of my pocket and was buried under the sand. I hadn't known. Helped this kid, and uh, he went on his way. So I got in my truck, and I start driving away, and I'm like, snap, where's my phone at? Looking everywhere, and I'm freaking out. So I turn around, and I'm just like, where's my phone at? And right before I helped the kid, I was in this uh, restroom, so my thoughts were like, maybe I left it in there or it fell out of my pocket. So I go back to this restroom, and it's not there. And this, that guy, Ryan, that actually just came out to day seven, happened to be coming towards me. I said, hey, call my phone, man. He called it, and I didn't hear it. I'm like, whatever, it's just a stupid phone. I have insurance. I'll just call Verizon or something. So I go back, and I'm like, well, maybe my phone fell out of my pocket when I went to help that little kid. wasn't there. So I'm climbing up this huge sand dune where my footprints are. I'm like, hey, dude, call my phone right now. And I stinking hear my phone ringing. Keep in mind, it's buried in the sand in a huge sand dune. This is, like, way harder than finding a needle in a haystack. This is, like, crazy. So my phone's thinking ringing, and then I guess when I was walking up, I buried it more so I couldn't hear it anymore. So he calls it again. I feel it vibrating. I feel the sand vibrating. 
I stinking put my hand and I grab my phone. So like it's just crazy like how you know I just it was put on my heart to go help that kid. Somehow or another the phone fell out of my pocket and I was able to find it, but I thought that was pretty neat. I don't know. It is. It's truly. Uh, I remember Steve Wilburn telling the story. He lost his wedding ring in a lake. He prays to God, "Please help me find this." He puts on his snorkel gear, starts going out there looking around. No, I don't even think he had snorkel gear. He's just like trying to see. He's like diving into the ground, just like looking for this in a stinking lake. I mean, we're talking about like a huge lake. This is not like a little pool. I mean, this is like people jet ski all over the place, okay? He says he dives down one time, one last time, and he sees this little shiny thing down at the bottom. He puts his finger in the ground and pulls it up. There's his ring, man, in the bottom of the sea. You don't mess with the king, all right? My buddy Dennis. Remember Dennis, the Asian guy who came and spoke here? Some sweet Jesus stuff just happened this last week. Uh, he... He was standing there getting something to eat with his girl, with his girlfriend, and uh, I didn't mean to, it sounded, I said his girl, but I meant it sounded like this girl, anyways. He's getting something to eat, and I'd uh, be sitting there, and this homeless guy comes up, he's like, dude, I'm cold, you have a blanket or anything? Then it's like, let me check in my trunk, when he knew there was nothing in his trunk. So he goes and he starts looking around his trunk, trying to act like he's looking, and uh He's standing there, and he looks at the guy. He's like, sorry, man, I don't have anything. You know, I wish I could help you. And all of a sudden, the Lord's like, you need to give him your jacket. But the jacket was 170 bucks. It was a sweatshirt. And then it's just like, and the guy's like, you sure you don't have anything? He's just like, sorry, man. And he walked away. He got in his car, and he's like, Rejay, that's his girl. And he's like, the Lord told me to give him my jacket, and I didn't do it. And then he just like he said, I don't know if when he got home or he just got on his face like, Father, if you, I will give the jacket away. I will give it to you. You give me an opportunity, I will give it to you the next day. He's walking by and some homeless man comes up and says, I'm cold. Do you have a sweatshirt for me? Specifically, yeah. And then he says, you got it, man. He takes off his sweater, the same one that he's wearing, and he gets to give it to him right there on the spot. He gets to bless his heart, man. In the name of G- he gave, just gave it to him, man. It was sweet. And he walked away rejoicing, and he was there with a group of guys, and it was just one of the sweetest things. Another guy, David Corson. This is John Corson's nephew. Some people were in the parking lot, and their car was broke down. And uh, he walked over and just said, the Lord told him, pray for the car. Lay your hand on the car. He's like, oh, no. He's like, I know this sounds crazy. Can I pray for your car? Like, okay, he lays hands on the car and prays for it, and the thing starts up right away. The Father is moving for those who are willing. For those who are willing to step out and walk in the Spirit, He will move within your life. Keep your ears open, family. God wants to use you. He wants to work. He will use anyone. We're going to see a boy that He's going to use tonight. His name is Saul. And this man Saul, he is the least of his tribe and the least of his family. 
the least of all the twelve tribes of Israel, and the least of his tribe, Benjamin, he is their family is the least of that family, and he is the least of his family. The weakest person, maybe not physically, but one that many wouldn't look upon, God decides to make king of Israel. We're going to see that tonight. And let these testimonies be sweet unto your heart. Let it, let it, yes, let it prick you. That you would be ready and willing to step out. Don't you understand? I will exhort you again. Why do we come here? We come here to be fed. We come here to be blessed. We come here to be recharged. Why? So that we may share the love of Christ in this world. That is the one purpose. Bottom line. This is not a club to join. Where we come and hang out. Uh, yeah, we're in a club and we're not talking to anybody. No, no, no. We're to go into the world. We're to be witnesses into Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Talked to a brother named Aaron McGuide today online. Some of you know him. He is in Japan. And he's ministering to the churches there. He's going for, to, from three different churches ministering there. And I said, you apostle. Going from place to place. And he said, yeah, I get to go to China. I'm going to try to go to China it's real soon. I'm like, amen. What a great example. We're not to sit around in our little club and, and be all warm and comfortable. And hey, I don't want... Come on. If you have the goods, how could you keep it to yourself? Shame on you. And if God speaks to our hearts, family, and, and many brothers have been telling me, a few have been saying, man, God spoke to me, but I didn't listen. But man, I know he, he was just he was just trying to get a hold of me. I mean, he's trying to get my attention. It's almost like allowed me to fail so that I can step out. Next time, I'm ready. It's like Dennis. Missed the opportunity, but he stepped. He was a blessing the second time. Like, I'm giving it, man. 170 bucks. Who gives a rip? I'll give that in a sec. He was ready. Maybe God is readying your heart. And don't look at these small things, maybe in the eyes of us, like God pulled through in a mysterious way in a prayer, like on an airplane, or like at a Mercy Me concert, or wherever, keeping somebody from mugging, whatever it may be, ministering to somebody out in the dunes, whatever it may be. This is Jesus stuff. Look at your life. Are these things a reality in your life? They're not. Then we must step out. Amen? Amen. Let's jump into the Word. 1 Samuel chapter 10 tonight, but we are going to start in 9. What time is it? Anybody got time? I don't know if my watch is right. Okay, okay, sweet. We got 30. 1 Samuel chapter 9, get ready. Get up your minds. The cold is kind of a good thing because it keeps you attentive. It's hard to fall asleep. <laughs> a little secret to those of you who have churches one day. John told us this. He says, what you do, you turn the temperature down. About uh, 70 degrees, you know, about 68 right in there. And it keeps the air on all the time. And the women, he tells us, will come and complain. But the guys will stay awake. So it's worth it. Sorry. <laughs> he was just joking. I think. <laughs> Alright, first Samuel chapter nine we're gonna start. Let me try to tell the story a little bit what's happened. A lot has happened. Um well the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines come and like take the Ark of the Covenant from the Israelites. The Ark of the Covenant, do you remember? Do you know what this is? 
Remember, it was a thing the priests would carry on their shoulders. It had two ch- giant cherubims on it. You remember? Two big angels. And, and, and the top of it, the top, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant is called the mercy seat. And in this Ark, remember, in the Ark of the Covenant, it was, it's a wooden box, not, it's, but it's, it's solid gold, I'm sorry. And in this box, there's the Ten Commandments, there's Aaron's rod, and there's manna. Manna from heaven, the manna. They put that in there. And uh, this thing is stolen. It's taken from them in battle. They lose it to the Philistines. And guess what? The Philistines have it there in their camp. And I think they had it for, oh man, seven months. I think that's right. Seven months they had it for. Guess what broke out? Plagues broke out in the Philistines' camp, man. Tumors. Yeah, tumors and rats like crazy. And all of this starts to come. And then, so the Philistines are like, we got to give this thing back, dude. This thing is destroying our people. So they give it back. They wrote it in a cart, and um, they get the ark back. And um, let's see what happens here. Because oh, the Israelites, they repent there, and then all of a sudden they start desiring a king. The Israelites, they want... their It's it's a bummer. They want a king to rule over them. They don't want their God to rule over them. They want a man. They want a figure. They want something there. And Solomon even warns them... I mean, Solomon. Samuel even warns them about what will happen if you have a king. He's going to do this to you. He's going to rule over you in this way. This is what's going to happen. You're going to have servants. He's going to do a draft. I mean, pretty much foretells exactly what's going to happen. And that is the perfect world or the perfect way for government to take place is Israel governed by God. To be governed by God is the perfect government. That's the only way it will work. And one day we will be back to that. Amen. One day even here on this earth it will happen. Yes, where Jesus will govern this earth for 1,000 years spoken about in the book of Revelation. The millennial reign, and it will take place. He will establish his kingdom in Jerusalem for 1,000 years, and we will be there with him. It's going to be amazing. But they desire a king, and so God says, all right, fine, you want a king? Let him have a king. And so this is where what happens. We're going to start reading about this man, Saul, who is being raised up, and has he becomes the king of Israel. So let's look at chapter 9. Verse 1. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abel, the son of Zior, the son of Bekorath, the son of Ephia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power, or a mighty man of substance, or he was rich, better translation. This man Kish, rich man. And he had a son, and his name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly. There was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Stop right there. This is who Saul is. Okay, so Saul is what? He's a rich, he kind of has a rich family there. His father has much substance. He's a Benjamite. But um, Saul is a very tall man, very tall and very good looking, yes. He was taller than everyone, Kev. He was he, he's very good looking, Kev. And uh, and this is where he's at. This man Saul, this is who he was amongst the people. But you'll see later that it says that he was actually some of the least of these within their tribe. Verse 3, And the donkey of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with you, 
And arise and go seek the donkeys. And he passed through the mount of Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalisha, through the land of, I'm sorry, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father leave caring for the donkeys and take thought for us. Or, hey, we've been gone for a long time, let's get back home, or Pops is going to be a little scared that we're lost, so let's get home. So Saul's father, what's his name? Kish, right? Kish, wealthy man. He loses some of his donkeys. Saul, go find the donkeys. Okay, uh, we're going to find the donkeys. They've been gone for a long time, can't find it. Saul says to the servant, hey, we better go back. And he said to him, behold, now there is in this city a man. Who's who's saying this? The servant is saying this to Saul. Listen. Behold, now there is a in this city a man of God. And he is an honorable man. And that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither peradventure, and he can show us our way that we should go. So he says, hey, Saul, there's a man in town just right down the street here. And uh, anything he says happens. He's a prophet. We should go see him. Then then Saul to, said to his servant, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver that will give to the man of God to tell us our way. Wow. So Saul's like, okay, okay, I'm down to go see the guy, the prophet, because he can tell us everything. He's a man of God. Yeah, I'd like to go talk to him, but we don't have anything to give him. We don't have anything to bring him. We should bring him something, a present or a gift. He's like, we don't have anything. And then the servant says, well, hey, like I got a quarter. And uh, we could bring him that. That's all I have, but I'll, I'm willing to give it. Bless his heart. What a sweet principle that we can learn there, huh? You know when people give to the church many times? It's like this. Oh, let's donate the old couch to the church. Oh, thanks. The old beat up, broken open, ripped open couch. Who wants that anyways? A lot of times when we give, we give not the best. We don't give a $170 jacket. No, we give the $10 jacket there from Walmart, man. Hey, you know, it's, here you go, man. I got a jacket for you. Many times we don't give the best. We give the least. We give the least that we can possibly give. And family, has God not given us his best? Has he not given us heaven in his entire life? Did he not lay down everything for us in that single moment? And an old couch would be good. Can you imagine if we turned around and started giving in that way to people? It's like, hey man, you want something to eat? Yeah, man, thanks for blessing me. We'll only get the uh, double cheeseburger dollar menu, okay? Don't, don't, uh, don't go for that. Because, hey, I want to eat too. But what happens if you decided to say, you know what, 
Like, man, get whatever you want. I got five bucks. Yeah, man, don't you want something? No, I ate earlier when you didn't. Why don't you get whatever you want? Be blessed. See, it's one thing to give everything, and it's another to just give. And I think we're called to something higher, family. I think we are. For that is Jesus stuff. That is amazing. Those things don't happen here on this earth. Hey, people give stuff people all the time. But very few times do you see people giving their all, giving their best. Next time you have an opportunity to give, I dare you to step out and give in that way and watch. Watch how your heart is blessed, number one. Watch how as soon as you let that five bucks go, you're like, man, I'll give that every time. I can't wait to do it again tomorrow, man. I don't want to eat. I, I just want to give. I'm telling you, it happens, it becomes contagious. I bet you Dennis is waiting for the next time when he can bless again like that. Maybe the guy didn't know it was 170 bucks, But man, it was a sweet blessing to him. But then number two, it's a great blessing to them. And maybe they'll never know until they get to heaven one day. And they find out you did what you did. Praise God. I remember the time. I'll tell you this story. Not, I think I've told it before, but when I was there at Huntington Beach... And this drunk homeless man comes up and he's just like, I need a blanket. You know, you, and I had already talked with him for a while and he's just like, yeah, you preach to me, you say all this stuff, but you can't bring me a blanket. I was like, dude, I'll get you one for you. He's like, yeah, well, give me a, you know, are you going to give me a blanket or what? And I'm just like, I said, I'll get you a blanket. And um, all the shops were closed. It was like 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, we're out there witnessing on the beach and Dude, there's no shop open. There's nothing. And I had to come back to him and tell him, dude, I uh, I can't get you a jack. I mean, I can't get you a blanket, dude. I don't have any. I, all the shops are closed. And he's like, see? Man, see, you just come here. You preach to me and all this stuff. But you have there's no action. It's like, oh, that's it. Let me get you a blanket. And I, wa- and I walked over and I just cried out to God. And the guy went over and sat down drunk and all this and. Father, let me bless this man. Come on, you know, like, I want to show him that you are king, and that you are sweet, and that you are God. Please. About ten minutes later, somebody comes walking by. Two people, they're huddled up in this giant, like, quilt blanket. Like, nice, nice blanket. Like, snap. And I run up to the guy, and I'm like, dude. Actually, there was a girl there. And I was like, please, will you sell me your blanket? Like, What? Will you sell me your blanket? Like, uh, I mean, you want to buy her a blanket? Yeah. I'm like, I'll buy it for 20 bucks. Oh, no, no. She says, yeah, how much How much you want for it? I'm like, uh, she's, I don't know. I'm like, hey, whatever you want. Whatever you want for it. So she's like, $20? You know, I'm just like, you got it. So, it's sold. Sold. You know? And, and I'm like, let me, I don't have the money on me. Let me go find it. And so she start, she's like standing there, and I'm like taking forever, and she starts walking away. And I'm like looking back. I'm like, no. No, and I walk over to someone's watching. I'm like, somebody just give me, give me some money, give me twenty dollars, please. I'll pay you back. Just give it to me. And they gave me twenty dollars, and I run, and I run down, run down the street, and I run back, and I'm like, I got, I got the, I got the money, and I, and I looked around and I say, here, I got twenty dollars. She's like, you're serious, huh? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, what do you need the blanket for? And I said, there's a homeless man over there, and he's cold. And she says, oh, I, 
wow, you know, and it's almost like she's just like hesitating to take the money, like I can't believe this. And I took the blanket and I ran. I said, here it is. I got your blanket, man. He's like, that's a nice blanket. I'm like, yeah, and to give it to you in the name of Jesus. And right before I'd left, that lady, when she walked away, she yelled when I was walking away, the guy, no, she was with a guy, and the guy looked, you know, kind of, just kind of steady in his voice, just like, God God bless you, man. Thank God bless you. He like wanted to say, he wanted, he was so blessed, like I get to see it, and he couldn't believe it, like, What? People don't do that. That's and you know what? That's not me. That just God spoke to me, man. He he gave, he gave me that sweet opportunity to be able to share the love of Christ with somebody. We got to be open. We got to be ready. We got to be willing. And and go go whatever it takes. No matter what, I don't have twenty dollars on my account. Oh well, go borrow it. Make it happen. Take the step and watch God bless you. That's when Jesus stuff happens. And, I've, and, and I'll give just some personal talk right now from my own life. To tell you the truth, even if I'm tight on cash, it's like if God says an amount or there's an opportunity, if like when I'm writing the check for the tithe, and he's like, nope, this much. It's like, Lord, but I don't have that much. You write it. And you give it. And Lord, I don't have that much to bless this person, right? I can't do that. Just go for it. You step out in the name of Jesus and watch how He'll bless you. There's been many days in my life, I remember when I was working way back when, when I wasn't even making enough to pay my bill. I don't know how. I couldn't, I taught and I just gave and I just, and like, I always had more and more and more. It, Malachi chapter 3, let me challenge you. God says, there's only one thing He says, test me in. Did you know that? One thing in the entire Bible you can test God in. He says, you're robbing God. And then he says, he speaks himself like, where do you say we are robbing you? You're robbing me in the tithes and offerings. You are not giving with a whole heart. And you are not giving, period. And he says, test me in this. See that I won't open the floodgates in your life in such a way that you will not be able to hold the blessings that are coming in. You will not be able to take them in. Test him. I dare you. And see what happens. Don't give an old beat up couch. Man, give from the abundance of the heart. Amen? You give that quarter. You give everything you have. The prophet will receive it. He will be blessed. Jesus will look down and say, that's what I'm talking about. Those are my people. And they are loving in the way that I love and the way that I give. Let's move on. Verse 9. Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come and let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Yep. He's called a seer before. And now he's called a prophet. Then said Saul to his servant, Well well said, Come let us go. So they went unto the city where the man of God was. Verse 11. And as they went, to the hill to the city they found a young maiden going out to draw water and said to the, and said unto them is the seer here and they answered them and said he is behold he is before you make haste now for he came today to the city and there's a sacrifice of the people today in the high place and as soon as you be 
Come into the city, you shall straightway find him, before he goes up to a high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes, because he does bless the sacrifice, and afterwards they eat the be bidden. So what happens here? They go to the city, Saul and his servant, and they're walking up, and hey, there's a well there, and there's some women drawing water. And they walk up to the women, hey, 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 where's the man of God here in the city? Like, oh, that's sirens. Um, they say, listen, you can go, you can go into the city, and he's actually going up to, uh, do a sacrifice there on the hill for all the people. And it's just about to happen. It's going to happen real soon here. He just got into town today. So they're like, okay, okay. And so they start moving in. Now therefore, get you up for about this time you shall find him. So they tell him, go now. You're going to find him. You're going to run into him. And they went up into the city. And when they were come into the city, behold, Samuel came out against them for to go up to the high place. So they're going up to the high place and Samuel is going to sacrifice. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. Oh, I like that. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came saying, okay, stop. God told Saul the day before it happened. I mean, God told Samuel the day before it happened. Amazing. And what did he tell him? This is what he told him. Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man out of the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul... The Lord said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spake thee of, this same shall reign over my people. Stop there. So, the Lord tells Samuel, Samuel, you're going to run into a guy from the tribe of Benjamin tomorrow. When you see him, you will know that he is the one, and you will anoint him with oil, and he will be king and it says, as soon as, the, as soon as he saw Saul, as soon as he saw him, he looked and the Lord spoke and said, that is the one. That's the one I'm going to speak to. Now, there is things that we can apply here. Two things. Number one, God told Samuel to do something and told him that something was going to happen. Now, listen, family. God is the same God and He speaks to people in the same way today. But the prophet Samuel was one. Look at his duties. He was going up to sacrifice. Look at his lifestyle and who he was. Remember we looked at him being set apart from a boy. Remember last week what we talked about? The boy Samuel ministered unto the Lord as a child. Remember Eli, the old man who is all old and Hey, ritual, I've been doing the same thing over and over, but he didn't minister unto God. Listen, God spoke to Samuel, and he wants to speak to you in the same way. You know, my buddy Stephen yesterday, we were talking. One of the guys from Mexico is down here from San Francisco, and I got to talk with him. And he said, you know, Josh, it was just something simple, but it hit me. He said, you know, Josh, the same, you know, in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit came upon people, when the Spirit of God came upon people and they did crazy stuff. Well, guess what? That Spirit lives in us every single day. That same Spirit lives in you every single day of your life. 
And they didn't have that back in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was not on them all the time. No. Remember, it would say things like, remember with Samson, we just looked at him, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And what did he do? He like killed a thousand guys with the jawbone of a donkey. Remember, he ripped the gates off that city and took it up a hill. Remember, it was like 20-something miles away or something like this. The Spirit of God can come upon us and can speak to us and is live and active in our lives. But I feel like, man, we put a muzzle on the Lord. And we have got a lot of earwax in our ears from things like MTV, TV period, from things like just busyness and life, man. We, we, are, we are sin. This is something God has been communicating to me huge Reasons why I feel I don't hear the voice of God sometimes. It's not because he's not speaking. It's because of me. Listen. God says this. My hand isn't short that I can't reach you. Nor is my ear dull that I can't hear you. But guess what? Your sin separates you from me. And it's not that you are separated, family, in a way like this. Where you're not forgiven. You can't have communication with God. No, 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 no. You're saved, man. You're going to heaven. You have a relationship with God. But listen. I believe that when we sin and when we walk into these things, it clouds our mind. Clouded. And I can't see and I can't hear. It's almost like for a day or two, I just feel like, yeah, I just cannot. When something happens, whether my mind is overtaken or I sin physically or I sin in stepping out in a way that I didn't even see it happening. And I'm just like guilty and heavy. Like, man, what is going on here? And it's like my own mind is blocked. My, own, my earwax, like stuff. I cannot hear the king. Samuel hears clearly. And God will speak to you when you step out. God will speak to you when you live for Him. But He cannot speak to one who is not willing to listen. It's true. The same Spirit that came upon those men in that day, Samuel, and that spoke to them, is living within us right now, is living within you. It is living within you. And He is testifying to you daily, moment by moment, second by second, minute by... He's trying to speak to you, but we are not willing. Remember when I told you guys about when I came back from Mexico and there in that airport, all that crazy stuff happened just like in... Just like one hour, I ended up ministering to like ten people in the airport... In, in Target, at the coffee shop down the street, at the taco place we ate at. It was just like one after another, just like bam, bam, bam. But there was no earwax, man. I hadn't watched TV in like four months. I hadn't used a computer. I'd just been seeking the face of God, man, and it was the sweetest time. And we've got to get back to that family. Amen? Please. So that you can start walking in these ways and be used of God. It takes faithfulness. Yes, it does. We are on verse... Yes, yes. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said... I'm sorry and said, Tell me, I pray you, where the seer's house is, or where the prophet is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the, I am the prophet. Go before me unto the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go, and will hear and will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys that were lost three days ago, set not your mind on them, for they are found. 
and on whom it is the desire of Israel, it is not on you and on all the fathers. House and Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite? Of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, my family the least of all the families of the tribes of Benjamin. Wherefore then speakest you to me? Stop there. So Saul walks up to the prophet. Hey, you know where the prophet's at? And Samuel says, I am the prophet. You're looking at him. Look at what Samuel says. He says, I'm the prophet. Go before me to the high place, and you shall eat with me today. Tomorrow I'll let you go. He says, hey, you're coming up with me to the mountain, buddy. We're going to hang out together. And then, remember, Saul just walked up to him randomly, right? Remember, what was Saul and the servant doing? They were looking for the donkeys, right? And they walked up to the women, and the women are like, hey, go check out the prophet in the city. And the prophet comes up, and he starts speaking to them, and this is what he says. They say, we're looking for the prophet, Saul. Saul says this. And then Samuel says, well, I am the prophet. And guess what? You're going up to the mountain with me to go and sacrifice. And, and guess what? The donkeys that you're looking for, everything's okay. They're found. Don't worry about it. He speaks directly into his life without even knowing. He had no clue. God gave him the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge right there on the spot. Spoke straight to the man. I bet you Saul was just like, I'm, I'm going with you. Yes, I am. And then Samuel takes it even a step further. And look what he says. He says, And as for the, okay, as for donkeys, they're found and all this. On whom is all the desire of Israel is not on you and all the Father's house. He says, he's pretty much saying, you are the one. Is not this the desire of Israel, what is about to happen? And you are the one. And then he says to him, what? Saul answers and says, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family the least of the families of the tribes? Wherefore you speak to me? Samuel, you got this right, man? You want me to go with you and you you want to anoint me. You want me to lead this. Do you know who I am? I'm a Benjamite. And is not my family, the Benjamite, the, the smallest of the tribes of Israel? And is not my family the smallest of the families of the tribe of Benjamite? Why me? God uses the weak. You know why he chose Israel? Have you ever thought about that? Why he chose Israel over all other nations on the face of the earth? Why this nation? Want to know why? Because they were the weakest, scrawniest nation there was and if god chose his glory through these he will be glorified he will be lifted up if god takes the ceo of some company some amazing businessman who's made billions which he still will yes but it's like or the 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 all-american boy that's who he uses it's like everybody says well of course man look at i mean look what that guy did and maybe even the guy himself, because he's a can-do kind of guy, will look at himself and say, hey, I can do this. I did do it. I'm the one who did it. God didn't do this. It's my personality. It's my skills. God chooses to use lame people like us. I don't have a degree, friends. Dropped out of college. I'm not educated. But I've had men with PhDs look at me and say, you are very smart. No, I'm not. I just study the Bible. That's all you need to know. 
You see, it is not me that makes a difference. It is God through me. And a man or woman who is willing to be used of Him will be used. And God will be glorified. But you've got, you got to let go of yourself. You've got to stop thinking that you're the one who's going to do this or do that. You've got to recognize you're nobody. And I ain't either. I'm telling you. I know who I am. And I can't believe that God uses me. And Saul is sitting here singing the same thing. He's like, dude, I'm the smallest, I'm the weakest, I'm the nobody. How could you do this? Can this be a a testimony to us tonight? Maybe you don't feel like you're anybody, or maybe you don't feel like you've accomplished much, or maybe you don't feel like you're going anywhere and God can't use you. You're perfect. You're the one for the job. He can't use the one who is overqualified. Nope. You know who his disciples were? Eleven of them were not educated. They don't have a degree. They don't have anything. They're just a bunch of guys out on the street like, Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come on. Hey, you, nobody. Yeah, you. Come on over here. The one that was educated was Judas. He was raised in the north. And I'm not saying that God can't use an educated man because Paul the Apostle was absolutely brilliant and amazing. And God will use that too. But you know what Paul's downside was? They say he was a short man. He was stocky, bull-legged, had a curled, hooked nose, that he wasn't attractive at all. And he had a thorn in the flesh that he asked God to like take away from him many times. When he say it, was, it might be his eyesight that he couldn't see. He was not one that you would follow. But God used him. And God wants to use you. He really... Did you hear me? Maybe He's calling you to part a Red Sea tomorrow. Maybe He's calling you to call down fire from heaven or to say miraculously, you know what, let me pray for your car. That's crazy, man. That takes faith. That's hard. Or to say to the man in the wheelchair, hey, silver and gold have I none. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He's calling us. He wants to use us. He wants to use the no one so that He can be glorified through us. you got to be willing. I just love that He uses Saul and what Saul says. Let's, get a verse. Let's finish up this chapter. Man, I am a slacker. And Samuel took Saul, his servant, and brought them into the parlor and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden which were about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you, and which I said unto you, set it by you. Stop there. Hold on. He tells Saul, Samuel says, Saul, hey, Saul and servant, come over here. Come sit at the table with me. All these big dogs up there, maybe the, the leaders of the city, I don't know, but these 30 special persons are up there on the hill with Saul. I mean with Samuel. And, and Saul says, hey, you guys come over here and you sit with me at this table. And then what does he say? He says, hey, hey, chef, hey, cook, go get that piece that I set aside. Go get that the best steak in the house. That one, you know what I'm talking about? That huge, I mean, I hooked, you know what I'm talking about. You worked on that thing for like three hours. Get that one. That's for Saul. And that's for his servant. Look at the grace. Look at the, look at the just blessing. Is this not our king? 
Is it not the song, Leland? It was carried to the table, seated where I don't belong. Carried to the table, swept away by his love. And I don't see my brokenness anymore because I'm seated at the table of the Lord. This beautiful picture of what Christ has done with us, does God not bring us to the table daily? In your morning devotions, I guarantee he wants to give you, maybe you don't want a steak, maybe you want eggs and bacon and breakfast and all the best and all the above. He has got it there for you, waiting to bless your heart. But it is up to you to spend the time to seek His face, to reach out and receive. And the cook took up the shoulder that which was upon it and set it before Samuel. I'm sorry, and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold, that which is left, set it before you and eat. For unto this time has it been kept for you since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. He said to him, listen, buddy, I set this aside for you yesterday. And Saul's looking at him like, what? You didn't even know me yesterday. I know. I listened to the voice of the Lord. You know, there's a girl in college and career at the well. Came up to me and said, Josh, I've set aside a bunch of money. And I need to bless somebody. Is there anyone that I can give it to that I can bless? Do you know of any need there is? I says, I don't. But when the time comes and somebody brings a need, then I will come to you and say, you got it. And if you want to bless them, then here's your opportunity. Here's your time. Set it aside. Maybe there are things that you have that you want to bless people with, but you don't know who. Set it aside and wait for God to bring the person. Wait for God to bring Saul. In verse 25, And when they were come down from the high place into the city, Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house. And they rose early, and it came to pass about the spring of day that, Saul called, that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house, saying, Up, that I may send you away. And Saul arose, and they went out, both of them, and he, he and Samuel aboard. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass before us. And he passed on, but stand still a while, that I may show you the word of God. Wow. So Samuel gets up, says it's time to go, and they they start going on their way, and Samuel says, tell the servant to go, to go ahead of you. He's like, okay. The servant goes ahead of him, and then he stops him. He says, Samuel, stop. You're with me. You're staying here with me. And he looks at, he look, Samuel looks to Saul. I'm sorry. Keep getting mixed up. But Samuel looks to Saul, and he says, you're about to see the word of God right now for your life. And God now... He anoints Samuel. I'm sorry, he anoints Saul. What he does, he takes... I'm just going to tell you the story, all right? We're going to close it up. He takes the oil, and he pours it over Samuel's, Saul's head. Samuel takes it and pours it over Saul's head to anoint him as king, and he takes him and he kisses him on the cheek. Kisses him, interesting. And he anoints him as king over Israel. You know what, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. And those of you who are listening or thinking, I thought you were going to do Samuel chapter 10. I know. I guess the Lord wanted me to do chapter 9. But he anoints him as king, and he tells him all the things that he is to do and what's to happen as king. Man, there are some sweet principles there. But you know what? 
we've really got to see in this last chapter a real place of hearing the voice of God and stepping out and being led. Samuel's doing. And that's what I've desired for you guys. Gosh, week after week, day after day. And as people have been coming and sharing with me the things that God has been doing, my heart is so stirred. And I'm like overly joyed and blessed by the things that are happening. But I want you guys... I want you guys to be thinking, okay? I want you to be open. I want you to be ready. Can I give a call to a place of holiness, truly? Can I have a call in our lives, in this group here, the things that we know we struggle with, the things that we mess up with? Can I give a call to make forth the effort? Me too. I'm yelling A and Amen with you guys. But a call to step forth in the things that God has called us to. And then number two, to start in hearing the voice of God, stepping out moment by moment. You know what I'm talking about. Do you understand me? There are people even here tonight. It starts now. Don't don't allow it to wait till tomorrow. Even tonight, maybe you have a word for someone. Maybe as you're sitting there talking, and it's just like somebody's telling you something. And it's just like, man, I got to share this. Listen, I was with J Mart in the car the other night, and I just the father was just speaking something heavy to me. That I just need to share with him. I was scared. I just said, Jay, listen, man, I got a word for you. And I told it to him, man, and he just was like, dude, that's me, man. Thank you. He's just like, just receiving it, man. It was just heavy and it was perfect and it was right on the button. And I'm going to encourage you guys, man, to start ministering to one another. There, there, there are two different kinds of, you know, hearing that voice of God. It's here within the body of Christ. Hey, I love to hang out. I love to goof off. I love to mess around. Me and some of the guys were talking about this at Chipotle the other night. Right? It's fun. It's fun to, you know, just goof off and laugh and just, you know, like we will afterwards. We're going to have a good time fellowshipping. But, but, and I don't want to quench that at all. That's, that's great because we need, we need that bond. We need that connection. But I'm talking about this. Be open. Be ready. If, if you feel God maybe changing the direction of your conversation or, or maybe, maybe there's an opportunity there to talk with somebody or to spend time, hey, to break past that, that surface, lame old stuff that we always do over and over. Hey, we can hang out, man. That's easy. Do that all the time. But you know what I'm talking about? Those times when you walk away from a conversation with somebody like, man, that was, ooh, long live the king, you know? Thank you, Lord. Like, gosh, I'm so happy I got to talk. So happy I got to share my heart. So happy I got to pray for that person. Or man, that word was sweet for Jay, and that was perfect, and he was blessed, and I was blessed too. You know what I'm talking about? Let's start being sensitive to those things, huh? Let's start being available in the body of Christ, but even more so, available out there in a workplace, available wherever we go. How many of you guys want to be used to God? Truly, do. do is, is that is that you? You can lay down the sword if you you can, okay? Just be honest with yourself and say, Josh, I'm just not ready to do that. Or maybe you are saying, you know what? That's me, man. I want that. I want to... St-. I'm going to pray right now that God would give you strength and boldness. 
And you, would you receive that? Would you cry out to God by yourself? Cry out to God from your heart and say, I need that, Lord. I want that. I want to be like Samuel. I want to be set apart. I'm ready to minister to you from a child to my old days. And God, clear out the ear, clear out all the things that are holding me back and I'm missing out on these opportunities throughout my day. Think about it today. Right now. Think right now. Think about today. Why did did God want to speak to you maybe in a certain way? Think about maybe why you didn't receive it or why you didn't see it or why it wasn't happening or maybe it, maybe it wasn't there. Maybe you were listening all day. Maybe it didn't happen. But I'm talking about for those of you who maybe you feel like, man, I, I, I had opportunities, but I was overtaken by this. What was it? Well, I'm thinking about this. I, I'm so focused and, and dedicated to this right now. I can't think about Jesus. No, no. I, I'm focused. I got this to do. Be available. Let us not be consumed by the things of the world. No, no, no. Remember, this life's a vapor. We're only here, like, what, 70 years? You're out of here. We're out of here. 70 years compared to eternity, it is nothing. It is, it is only, it, it's just like, huh? Has something happened? We cannot get so attached to this life that it overtakes our day. Amen? Do you understand me, family? I want you to be free. And I want you to experience the things of God by yourself. And watch how God will just, man, change you on the spot. Will you guys tonight and tomorrow, will you talk that over with the Lord as, as I pray for boldness and strength? Maybe you need, don't need to make a commitment or anything like, you know, like write it in paper or in blood or anything like this. No, no, no. But man, maybe you just need to talk it over with the Lord. Like, Father, please give me that. I want to do that tonight. I want that tomorrow. I want that now. Amen? Let me pray it over us. Let me pray. You pray with me. Father, these are your people. Gosh, King, I, I just really want the people, man, to just hear your voice. And I want them to be blessed. Jesus, you are so sweet. And your ways are so awesome. And showing your love, man, it is such a blessing. And God, we want those opportunities. And Lord, forgive us, man, for getting so caught up in this busyness of life and just thinking about whatever and not being focused on you. And Lord, we confess that and we are real with you and honest. I know I know what it is with me, Lord. I know. I, I hear you. And Father, I just... Please. Lord, if you are living within us, I pray that things will start to happen in every single one of these. Please, would you give these strength? Would you give them boldness? Would you give them words? Would you clear out everything that is blocking the mind and blocking the ear right now? Would you just pull that back? Would you make that change? Please, God, would you would you do the work within them? It's by you and you alone. We need a miracle, Jesus. We're crying out. If, if that's you, would you would you just cry out to your king? Would you just say, Lord, that's me. Please, would you help me? I want that. I don't know how to do it. I, I, I just need you to help. I believe you, king. I agree with you. I know. You're doing the work. I know you're doing the work. I believe in you. I trust you. Please, be with the family tonight. 
Let them be ready to minister in season right here in this place tonight. Ready to give up whatever it takes. Ready to walk with you. Bless your people. Man, thanks for even speaking to us, King. You know, you, you don't have to do that. I know we don't even deserve your voice or your spirit. But just, man, thank you for being so good and welcoming us back every day. Open arms. Thanks for not hanging up the phone. You keep talking to us. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Rise up in the name of Jesus. And bless. Stand in the name of our King and love. Be who God has called you to be, my friend. And you come and testify that story. Hey, don't don't try to make up no story either. You let God make up a story for you, amen? He's got one. Maybe it's tonight. Maybe it's in the morning. You be available. You be ready. God will speak to you. I love you guys. Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.